I want to talk to you today about the second time around. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, so Jesus is functioning here in this passage in his teacher role. Rabbi, we know you're a teacher that's come from God because you couldn't even do these signs unless God was with you. And Jesus said to him, Yes, that's really true, Nicodemus. I am from God. Jesus comes back to him and says something that has nothing to do with what Nicodemus said on the surface, on the face of it. Jesus said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is probably thinking, What? I didn't sign up for kingdom of God 101. What, what kind of an answer is that? Just tell me, are you from God? Are you not from God? Just, you know, or say, oh, I love how you, got, how you said that, Nicodemus. You're my favorite Nicodemus. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Now, you may not be saying today, how can a man be born when he's old? But I guarantee you, you've got things in your life where you're saying, how in the world can this happen? How can this happen? How in the world is this going to take place? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus said. I don't know if really the tone of that when he's standing before Jesus was a smart aleck. Like, oh, really? You think I'm, can you get back in your mother's womb? Or if he was being more serious. I don't know. The people I talk to very often, I can hear the tone of their voices. And it would be more on the smarty pants side of things. And I fear that if I were asking that question, it might be more on the smarty pants side of things too. But whether you're smarty pants coming back to God and saying, well, how are you going to do that? Or whether you're asking a serious question to see if you can get more from the teacher. Either way, Jesus lays out in this piece of scripture, which he wasn't even thinking was a piece of scripture. He's just talking. He tells him how things are done in the kingdom of God. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you're born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter. So turn to the person beside I'm going to go uh, assemblies of God today. Turn to the person beside you and say, Enter. Oh, that felt pretty good. Now I think I see why they do that. They can see that people are alive or not. <laughs> they can see if they need to shout fire. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it. Turn to the person next to you and say, you hear the sound of it. <laughs> oh, I'm liking this. But you can't tell where it's from or where it's going, but you hear the sound of it. So is everyone born of the Spirit. 
Well, you know, we've probably all known people that we thought were a little bit from the rarefied air. And like they're a little flaky or a little out there, a little metaphysical, a little odd. And it's like somebody tie a rope around them. They're all over the map. You can't tell whether they're coming or going. <laughs> hey, there's a realm where when we're walking with the Lord and we start entering into these things, we might get a little bit flaky. We might get a little bit. We can't tell whether you're coming or going. We can't tell what's going on here. We can tell you're here, but we don't know where you came from, and we don't know where you're going because Jesus said, so is everyone. He's talking about people. That These are people that are like wind. Well, okay, well, I know. I know, I've... I've been told, Jane, you're just full of hot air. <laughs> Has anybody ever told you you're just full of hot air? You're just a big bag of wind. Then if someone tells you, hey, you're just a big bag of wind, say, oh, hallelujah, I've been speaking in tongues. I am a big bag of wind. I am full of the wind of the Spirit of God. Yes. Nicodemus answered and said to him, well, how can these things be? He was just like in a state of amazed. Because Jesus laid out to him something he'd never really thought of. But Jesus didn't say to Nicodemus, Now I'm telling you something you never should have thought of, or this is so odd. He said to him, How can you be a teacher in Israel and not know this? I think that's fair. Why did he say that? Because nobody ever said you must be born again before that. I mean, like, what? Jesus, look, it's a John 3, 16, Jesus. You're the one who said that first. Why, why would you say to him, you, you're a teacher in Israel and you don't have a clue? So hopefully today, by God's grace, we'll get some little clue. Because the teacher has come to teach us about the entrance in. We have places to go, things to do, prayers to pray, people to set free from devils and diseases. We have people that are locked and bound in addictions that we're going to be liberating, and we need to know the entrance in. And our teacher, Jesus, has come to say to us today, I'm going to teach you guys how to enter in. I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. Um, so Jesus explains to Nicodemus the entrance into the kingdom of God. This entrance is the method to enter into all God's invitations. If you think of all God's promises, the, prom the kingdom are the promises of God. And so when you think of all God's promises and you're going to enter into a promise, you're being invited to enter into his promises and enter into his work in the kingdom of God. And so he's inviting us and he's going to show us how to answer this invitation. This entrance is the method. Revelation, in the book of Revelation, Jesus is seen in heaven with an invitation. John hears something. He looks. Whoa, there's Jesus. Heaven is open. And Jesus is saying, come up here. I've got to show you some things. Come up here. I want to show you some things. 
he's inviting John to enter into an open door for more revelation. So if you say today, well, I don't really need, need to be taught or think very much about how to enter into the things of God. I mean, I've been doing this since, let's see, well, I've been doing this since, oh, did that move? I've been doing this since 1973. 1973. That's more than a week ago. I've been doing this for a while. Why would, why would I need to be taught? Nicodemus has been a teacher. He's a person who's known a lot of things, and he still didn't get it. And so there are realms where we get it, and then there are realms where we need to be reminded or we need to get it again of how God moves and what the entrance in is. And Jesus' teaching to Nicodemus, he lays out two ways. You said them when I was reading the verse. The first, flesh. You can be born by the flesh. I hope you were born by the... Uh, <laughs> hello? <laughs> hello? <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. We were born by the flesh. But then also, in things that God wants us to do, we can try to birth ourselves by the flesh. I'm going to spiritualize just a little bit on that. But you can have flesh, and you can have spirit. We often do not think we're entering into a noble promise and a noble goal and we have two ways that we can enter it. He's held out a promise. He said, here's the kingdom of God. You know that there's, he said, people can be born by flesh. That's how you got here on earth. And people can be born by spirit. That's how you enter the kingdom of God. But I want to remind you that in life and in church life and in your spiritual life, if you are human, which you are, you will try sometimes, it's been known to happen, to enter into the kingdom or a spiritual reality by the flesh. Well, a pretty marked example would be the flagellantes, the people who are uh, crawling up the steps of the, of the cathedral, flailing themselves with ropes with razor blades on them, flogging themselves to hurt themselves, to humiliate themselves and break their flesh. When probably more than anything else, the Spirit would say, I would love for you to say I'm the worst flagellante in town and humble yourself that you're not as great as you think you are. Because that is really what breaks our flesh. And so we tried to break, I remember pastor telling us, you know, try to crucify yourself. What does she say? What's the big thing when you're trying to crucify yourself? You'll use rubber nails. You'll always try to come up with a way to make it not so gut real. 
But there are many ways that we try to enter into the kingdom of God by the flesh, by the push, by the press of our own selves, by not waiting on the Lord ourselves until he does the work in us. If he says to me, I want you to pray for this person who has a... Let's say they have a deadly disease, a cancer. And I'm like, okay, I know what to do. I've got that down. I know that prayer. I'm going, okay, here I go. I think about people like William Brandon. You know Brandon went off, and we all know that he went off at the end. But I'm telling you, when he was on, he was really on. And he, God would show him exactly what to do. He would give him the entrance in. If he went into a house where someone was sick and he'd seen in a vision... Let's say he saw in a vision that the Kleenex box was right there. And he went into the house, and the Kleenex box was on the floor. He would just wait. He would not pray. He would not pray until someone in the house put the Kleenex box where he saw the Kleenex box in his vision. That, that sounds a little bit out there. It sounds a little bit like, we don't know where you're coming from. Brandon, and we don't know where you're going. You're a little bit wind, like the wind. But God wants to take us deeper in hearing and listening for his, the sound of his voice and his direction for us personally. We like to think of God speaking to us about big things, great big things, but if we can't hear him about little things, We've got to hear, be able to hear, not just waiting to hear the big thing, but able to hear the anything. And able to hear the anything because we're not listening with our flesh. This is what he's going to say. I know he's going to say this. He always says this. Oh, really? Well, you know, you can get your parents down. I had my parents down pretty good. I knew when, I, I knew when not to ask. I would ask. I know what they were going to say. But if I knew they weren't going to say the right thing I wanted to hear, I wouldn't ask. I would punt into asking for forgiveness and taking the whipping. And I would think, let's see, is this whipping going to be, is this going to be worth the whipping? But we have our ways that we think, I need to be set free of this fear. Now, how am I going to be set free of this fear? One of the ways we endeavor to be set free from fear is information. When it's a very flesh, it's a very natural thing. When I was going to have Amy, I was pretty young, really, as people go these days. I was 19, and I was going to have her, and I was scared. Any of you that have birth children, were you ever scared before you did the first time around? Uh, I was scared. And so in order, I thought, oh, I know what I'll do, because I was scared of electricity, so I got a big book, a manual. I went to the Kingsport Public Library, and I read everything I could read about electricity. Because uh, I thought, if I understand electricity, I won't be scared of it. You approach me with an empty light socket, I promise you, it's going to be Pavlov's dog. I'm going to scream and I'm going to run no matter what I know about alternating current. And so there's, 
the thing of if I know, so I, I said, I want to go. This was before they did like tours of the birthing facility. And it's before they got like human friendly on birthing. You were like a, a specimen in the hands of a physician when you had a baby back then, you know. And so, but I said, I want to go. I want to see what it looks like. Well, <laughs> I went to look and someone was in there having a baby. I didn't really know, though my mother told me, now, Janie, mother was, she was a nurse, and she was, she fit in her day very well. She did everything according to the rules of that day. She said, now, Janie, don't try to be some, a special person. Take all the medicine they'll give you. <laughs> That's what she said, and I thought, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have my baby naturally. So, ho! And so... <laughs> Anyway, so I go in to see the facility and see what it is, and somebody's having a baby in there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, why are they screaming? I didn't know that people yelled. And, I'd never watched Call the Midwife. They didn't have it back then. So I didn't know what it really was, so it really didn't help me all that much. But one of the things we try to do to enter in is to get all the information that we can get in the natural. Well, that's an that's a important thing, but that's not going to get you through because entrance in is a spiritual thing. It doesn't come along the lines of experience. It doesn't come along the lines of I'm going to know everything there is to know about this thing that's this fear I have and I'm going to conquer it by that. We'll conquer it by the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus. And so, uh, there is the flesh and there is the spirit. We often don't think that, we're in it, that there are two ways to enter, the flesh and the spirit. But Jesus introduced three elements that are present for us to enter into kingdom reality. Jesus introduced here three elements that are present for us to enter into kingdom reality. He said, water. He said, spirit. He said, wind. And so I want to just break those into what they are as they are typical in the scripture. Water is the word of God. You know, water is the word of God. So for us to make the entrance in, we've got to have the word of God. You've got a promise. You've got a promise from the word. You've got the word of God. So, there's the word. Secondly, spirit. This term, spirit, I'm saying, this is my breakout down of it, rhema revelation of the promise. Enter into this. Rhema revelation, the spirit speaking. And then wind, I want to define as the presence of, the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. So that you have the word of God, you have the rhema, you have the spirit spoken, breathed word. And then you have the presence, the manifested presence of the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 87, this is how this works for us as a church in the 87th psalm it's a description of the of the city of god 
His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God. I'll make mention of Egypt and Babylon and Philistia, Tyre. These are like Iraq and these places and Ethiopia. That this one was born there. But then of Zion it shall be said. This one and that one were born in her. Now, in the Old Testament, through the Scripture, and in uh, Amos 9-11, in the book of Acts, the Scripture tells us that God will restore in the last days the tabernacle of David that was on Mount Zion, and that is the church. The church is the Mount Zion of God, the place where his presence rests. So when the Scripture speaks of Zion... It's speaking of the place of praise and of worship. It's speaking of the place of the manifested presence of God. And it says concerning us that we have to be born in it. Well, I want to be involved in it. I want to be a praiser. I want to be uh, a person in the church. You know, you can't just be a person in the church because you decide you want to be a person in a church. You can't join yourself to a church. Did you know that? If you're like a human... You have to be born of the Spirit to enter the church. Uh, who was ahead? What, oh, I know, it was the Southern Baptists looking at how, how much of their membership are actually born-again Christians. So that lots of people are in churches that are not born again. They haven't had the working of the Spirit. That's just a thing. So it's good to be in church. I mean, not... not but don't, if you feel like it, you're not entering in or you don't have a, the Holy Spirit or you haven't really had the Lord do a work in your life, don't just say, well, I'm in a church because in a church is not where it is. It is in Christ. It is filled with the Spirit. It is born again. It is the work that he does. And the church is a great place for sinners to be. So don't not come to church because your life isn't perfect. Uh, because the church is full of people whose life is not perfect. But that is the place where you will meet people who know how to pray for you and get you entered in, born in it. This one and that one were born in her. God is birthing in the earth today. Fresh expression of his Zion, of his place of prayer. I think I mentioned to you that Pete Gregg talked about being in Indonesia with three million people in a prayer meeting. I watched a little clip of Christine Kane speaking at the Passion 2020 in Atlanta, 65,000 young people. I'm sure there were some people there that weren't so young. She's 53 and she was in there. But, I mean, but by and large, there were young people. And there were large gatherings of people for prayer and to get equipped and to seek God. We are living in a day when God is birthing us into a fresh day and night, night and day, let incense arise experience in his presence. And he's calling on us. Well, how am I going to enter into that? You're going to enter into it by his method, not by the flesh. Oh, well, we're just going to do day and night prayer. We're going to enter into it by the Holy Spirit, by the workings of the Holy Spirit, by what he does, because we have to be born into it. This one and that one were born in her. <clears throat> Mount Zion 
on Mount Zion, in this place, where the Spirit rest, rested, his manifest presence was, there was not an outer court and an inner court. It wasn't like the tabernacle of David. The preliminaries were out of the way. It was typical of the church because in Christ, Christ has taken care of the preliminaries. Jesus Christ has been slain. The animals have been slain. The blood has been applied. All the preliminaries are taken care of. So the thing that God is restoring is not a lot of legalistic rules about this is how you do the kingdom of God. It is, he is restoring his manifested presence and our place there. And here's what David had on Zion. It was a place where they functionally recorded thanksgiving night and day. They recorded thanksgiving. They sang songs. They offered prayers and they did it around the clock. In describing this place of sacrifice where the manifest presence of God was where the Holy Spirit's one place, it describes it as these people were born into this. Not relocated because the location was outstanding high up on that hill. Not such a great place to be because there was a lot of activity there like the inner city. I loved downtown Chicago at night because the shops are open. Everything goes on forever inside the city. It wasn't because uh, there's a lot of activity going on here night and day. The shops are always open. So I want to be a part of that. I want to live there. Is that God births people into this desire by the Holy Spirit. Recently I saw an interview, of Jer I mentioned this to you guys before, an interview of Jeremy Riddle being interviewed by Randy Clark about the shift in church music to more indigenous heart reality praise and worship. And in this interview, he quoted John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, who said, Worship cannot be taught. You must be born into it. This is so real that being in the presence where there is the Spirit of the Lord, where the Word of God is, where there is that opportunity for the rhema of Word to be spoken into your heart, in that atmosphere and in that environment, you can be in a place where you can be born into things in God. Not just born into the kingdom of God, but I want to say that I think every piece of what we do and we advance into, we have to be brought into it through a Spirit entrance. Not just a good idea, spirit entrance. And he has to move us through the, the barriers of flesh by the Holy Spirit through into a spirit entrance. What God is calling you to step into is kingdom promise. And you enter into it by a birthing process. Born into it. We used to say about worship or revival here or being in a prayer meeting where the Spirit of the Lord is moving that it's better felt than telt. We could tell about it, but if you're in the environment. And so for years, this congregation was like the 
guinea pig example of people like Judson Cornwall and other people who taught in big conferences. People would ask them to come and speak, and they'd say, I'm not coming unless you go to Shekinah and experience what they're doing there in worship because they knew, he knew, and others knew it was better felt than told. That people who came and experienced the worship that we were doing at that time, which was now it's like... It's the common thing. But at that time, it was not the common thing. And so we were entering into those things and, and were like a prototype for people to say, go experience that because you'll be born into it. I've had so many people say to me that I came to Shekinah for a conference and I was born into the reality of worship and praise and I cannot escape it. I love it and I want that. Well, are we going to crawl back in the womb? That's, you actually asked the question that's on my notes right now. How? <laughs> how is the next question that was right there. How? You, are we going to crawl back into a natural womb or try to go back and do what we did at another point in time? At every new entrance, there's a new birthing, and it has to come by the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is hovering. He is ready, and He is on the scene. And He desires to bring us into, by His methods, the womb-crawling method is kind of not going to work. I don't think. So if we did, we'd crawl back. What am I going to do, God? I'm going to crawl back in that womb that we were in back in 1979, in that space of time, right before the revival in 1980. I'm going to crawl back in that womb and see maybe if I come out in a different position. Maybe if I come out feet first this time, I can stand better and do better or whatever. Jesus said no, 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 to Nicodemus. No. Not by natural means, no. You don't have to try to figure this out by the natural. What I have for you and the entrance I have for you is a spiritual entrance, born of water. First, number one, he said born of water. And I'm going to end up with these three little wham-whams. Born of water. Madame Gaon, French lady, in jail, because she was a Catholic who was born again and loved God. And so she was not particularly liked by the establishment. But she has wonderful teachings on the scripture. So I want to read to you about how to get the word in you from her. The word of God has to be present. So, well, I read, I start in January, and I start in Genesis, and I start reading, and then I get to that part, like, about, about where the Tower of Babel is. It just starts getting crazy. Um, there's all these names I can't pronounce. So, Madame Guion, Guion, or Guion, I don't know, I can't say French, Fran, how do you say it? Turn to the Scripture. Here's how you do it. How to get the word in you. Turn to the scripture. Choose some passage. I'm landing this plane. So seat backs up. Tray tables in the upright and locked position. Turn to the scripture. Choose some passage that is simple and fairly practical. Oh, 
turn to Ezekiel, the wheel within a wheel, and try to figure that out. Uh, Psalm 25, I love to turn there. Psalm 27. You got favorites. But choose a passage that's simple and fairly practical. Next, come to the Lord. So you're, you're coming to prayer. You take your Bible. I'm going to pick a verse. So you pick a verse. And with this verse, you've got your scripture in front of you. You come to the Lord. You come to the Lord. That's three things you've done. You've taken a scripture. You've picked a passage. And now you come to the Lord. Come humbly and come quietly. Because this is where you're coming to eat. You know what? I went hungry a lot as a little kid. Because I was like a, an ADHD kid and I didn't know what that was. So I would get at the table. And there was a rule we couldn't talk. Oh, God. <laughs> we had to sit. We had to sit. We couldn't talk. So we would sit down and my brother Bobby who was my nemesis, would say something crazy because he knew what I would do, and I would get tickled. And then if any of you have ever been around me when I was in a serious situation, and if the thought crosses my mind, it would be horrible if you laughed right now. Oh, my goodness. I can't, I can't not laugh. I mean, it's like a mental illness. And so... <laughs> It'd be like, oh, God. And so I would be sent from the table. So come quietly because you're coming to eat. When you're coming to the scripture and you're coming to prayer, you're coming to receive the word and you're receiving an engrafted word that's able to save your soul. And you're coming with faith and patience to receive a word that's going to help you with this entrance into spiritual things. And the way you do that is not coming to the Lord and shouting out scriptures to him. There are times for de declaration and shouting out scriptures and all kinds of things. But this is eating time. This is the time where if you start with the noise and the laughing and the squirming in your seat, you're going to get sent away from the table because it's quiet. It's time to come and eat reverently and humbly before the Word of God in the presence of God Almighty. Come quietly and come humbly there before Him. Read a small portion of this passage of Scripture that you have opened up to. Is that practical? Because if it isn't, I'm going to go back and read it again. Because this is a, I feel like the Lord said to me, Jane, you make this practical. You need to land your plane. Be careful as you read. Take it in fully, gently, and carefully what you're reading. Taste it. Digest it as you read. In the past, it may have been your habit while reading to move very quickly from one verse in the Scripture to another verse in the Scripture. Perhaps you've been seeking... Uh, you were seeking the main point of the scripture, like, you know, if I'm reading a book, I never start like at the first and just read all the words. Oh, my gosh. 
If I looked at a book and thought I had to start at the first and read all the words, I would like look at all the chapter titles. I've done great book reports of books I never read. Read all the chapter titles. <laughs> I'm skipping around. I want to get to the point. I'm skipping around. But this is not for that. This is for eating it, tasting it. Every word that's in God's Word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Every word. You're eating words inspired by God. That Timothy said they will grow you up into your salvation. They'll make you mature to do God's work. And so we've come to have a bite, a dinner of maturity. But in coming to the Lord by means of praying the scriptures, you don't read quickly. You read very slowly. You do not move from one passage to another. Not until you have sensed the very heart of what you read. This is... Lord, help us. <laughs> you may then take that portion of Scripture that has touched you and turn it into a prayer. I know you guys have done this. I know you've done it. I know you know what this is, but I want to reinforce it. And for those of you in here that have not done this and don't know what this is and are new at this, I'm telling you now this is wonderful because God's Word is alive and when you come to his word humbly, quietly, eating it with respect, it will come alive to you. And when something opens up to you, then you turn that into a prayer. Praying the scriptures, not judged by how many scriptures you read or by the way you read it. That's what she called this method, praying the scripture. It's not judged by how much you read or the way you read it. If you read quickly, it will benefit you a little. Because it will always benefit you. You'll be like a bee that's skimming the surface and getting a little nectar here and putting a little nectar there. Skims the surface of a flower. Instead, in this new way of reading with prayer, you become as the bee who penetrates into the depths of the flower. You plunge deeply within to remove the deepest nectar. Plunge to the very depths of the words and read until revelation like a sweet aroma breaks out upon you. I am quite sure that if you follow this course, little by little, you will come to experience a very rich prayer that flows from your inward being. And that's her advice from what, 1490-something or 1640-something, I can't remember. Uh, longer than 200 years ago. The second way of getting the word, Spurgeon said, I read, here's how I get my sermons, Spurgeon said, in lectures to his students. I read until a passage of scripture jumps out to me, comes out to me. Many ministers do that. They read until a passage comes out to them. Bill Johnson says when he goes to prayer, I take the word of God and I pray and I read until God speaks to me from his word. Causing a passage or a verse to come alive to me. This is the primary way that I hear from the Lord through his word. 
reading, praying, and some passage of Scripture come alive to me. And it comes alive with faith. And if you have a passage of Scripture that comes alive to you with faith, you can stand on it and mix your patience with it and inherit that promise. So first of all, the Word of God has to be present. Secondly, the Spirit, born of the Spirit. And I've got to go faster. Jude 1.20. In Jude 1.20, the Scripture says, Beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Praying in the Spirit. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. So as you're entering into his presence, as you're moving to have the Spirit present with you, I want to encourage you, if you have the gift of speaking in tongues, if you can pray in a prayer language and have the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to do that. Because Jude 1 verse 20 says you're building yourself up on your most holy faith. And so if you want the presence of the Spirit for this entrance into the kingdom of God and the things that God wants you to do, if you want the presence of the Spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit. Have the Word of God present. Pray in the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit of God be built up inside of you. That will build up your faith. Finally, Jesus the rabbi taught Nicodemus if he allowed the Spirit to birth him, he would be able to hear the wind. I would like for you to turn to your person next to you now and say, hear the wind. I mentioned this to you last week, I believe. John 20, verse 22 says of Jesus, that he was raised from the dead, he was already resurrected. And it says that he breathed on his disciples. That he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit came, he filled the room before he filled the people. They heard what? They heard the wind. Jesus opened their ears so they were able to hear the spiritual wind. They were able to discern. They had some pre emptive strike of Jesus on their spirit person that they were able to hear. And I want to say to you today, and I believe this to be true, that Jesus is wanting us to be able to pray in the Holy Spirit, to eat his word, and to let the Spirit open our ears so we can discern where he is and what he's doing. That we can hear the wind. Do you remember John Kilpatrick talking about the he talked about the matchbox. And he said, if God is doing something, and I see that God is doing something, I focus on that. I focus on that. It's like a, it'll be as small as a little matchbox. But if I focus on that and I bless it, and I start blessing what I see God doing, it will increase and grow and be bigger and bigger and bigger. That is hearing the wind. That is the ability to hear that the, the Spirit is present. For a particular thing. Not just the spirit that we have in us. We've been born again by the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit in us. But don't you know that the spirit is bigger than you? 
We plural are the body of Christ. You can't even as an individual say, I am the bride of Christ. That's a diagnosis, man. His spirit drawing near. How he hovered over the chaos. How he hovered, how the spirit hovered. The spirit of the Lord was over the water, hovering over the chaos at the creation. When God's creating a new thing in you or creating any work, the spirit hovers. You know, I told you about our friend, Kim, who received this god-awful diagnosis of a, of a terminal illness in his lungs. We're talking about art. Or just, you know, talk. He's an artist and a musician. We're having a conversation. And he was describing art or music, or creativity, as you are stepping in, or you are giving something to fill a void. All art starts with a void. A blank canvas, a blank page, no sound of the voice. Avoid. And into that void, you step out. But when we're asking God to do a work, or you're praying for a particular thing, you're asking God to do something creatively. If you're asking God create a leg... Create lungs that are clear. His creativity does not need substrate. He moves into the blank, to the void. He moves into the void. And that void is the scary piece. Somebody sent me a, uh, a little clip from Indiana Jones. I can't remember if I said this to you guys before or not, but they sent me this little picture. It was a clip. I, I don't know if I'd ever watch a search for the Holy Grail. I'm kind of weird. I've never even watched The Lord of the Rings or read that kind of thing. It's like, oh, gosh. Cut to the chase, man. Just say what you mean. Uh, so anyway, but it's the clip where Harrison Ford is there, and the guy is saying, hurry, hurry, I'm dying or whatever, and he's across a great chasm. And Harrison Ford has to get across this chasm. He cannot jump it. There's no way he can jump it. And so then he starts saying the leap of faith. Or some, somehow the word leap of faith is in there. And he puts his foot out like this. Oh, I can't raise my leg at high. <laughs> what does that tell you? You need to go to the gym, Jane. Uh, <laughs> he put his foot out like this over that precipice. And when he brought it down... Pavers started coming in, and he starts going across that chasm. 
He put his foot out over a void. If you think in your life what's bothering you, what, what's hurting you, what the, your physical problem is, or, or what your fears are, are so great there is nothing there for God to work with, I want to promise you that God comes into the void. And when he starts creating, he just steps right out onto the thin air and pavers start appearing. And so that's what he's called. This is how you enter the kingdom of God. You enter into a void. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He did not see those pavers, but he had, in the story, in the picture of it, he would have had a confidence somewhere that they would be, they would be there, they would appear, or he's willing to die in the meantime. He was willing to give it a go. Jesus said, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anybody's sins, they're forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. That's scary. I'm sending you out to forgive. And so when the Spirit came, he filled the room with the sound of wind. Those born of the Spirit can hear the wind. The power of walking in the Spirit is the ability to hear and discern where the wind is blowing. And Jesus is sending us forth to forgive and to release. Oh God, and I want you to stand and we're going to pray, God, open our ears so we can hear where the wind is blowing. That we'll be able to discern your presence, your manifested presence. And that we can have present with us your word that we've eaten and cherished. And we can have within us the anointing of the Holy Spirit praying and speaking in tongues and building up our most holy faith to do what you call us to do or, or have given us to do. That we'll be ready. But that our ears will be open that we'll be able to hear the wind. Father, we call on your name right now. Let's just lift up our Lift up your two hands as Augustine said. Lift up your, lift up your two hands. That, <laughs> it's an African feller. Lift up your two hands. God, here we are. Here we are. Give us your anointing to be able to discern where you're moving and what you're doing. That we will not be like people fighting in the dark blindly trying to take care of these, this or take care of that. Or be able to advance into a person's life to see them set free and delivered and have no clue what to do. We cry out to you, Father, send your anointing. Let us hear the sound of abundant rain. Let us hear. As we sang this morning, I hear the sound, I hear the sound. Let our ears be attuned to the moving of your Holy Spirit that we'll be able to hear the sound of your moving and of your rain. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's just put your hands on your natural ears <laughs> and say, Lord, in the Spirit, open my ears. Lord Jesus, breathe on us so we can discern when you're coming in the room. 
Breathe on us, Lord, so we can discern who to speak to, who to pray for, how to do it, how to move. Lord, we do not presume that we can crawl up in our mother's womb and figure out some way to be born in the flesh. We want to be born by the work of the Holy Spirit. We want to move by your Spirit. We want to hear your Spirit. We want to see what you do, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I hear the sound. I hear the sound. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Tomah are. Il son si abelia son te abidjwe la compoi. Pona adepero. Let's pray in in our uh, Holy Spirit gift of of speaking in tongues. Your prayer language. Ingomole. It is say pramore. Why not be a house of prayer for all nations? Yes. Yes, to be a house of prayer for all nations, yes. Yes, to fulfill your heart's desire, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.